0: Hi, this is Innocence Theory, a podcast where we come in armed with our curiosity and natural ignorance.
1: Is it possible to be loyal to everyone? Can Mm. we be loyal to our boss and the organization? Sometimes the boss takes us in a slightly different direction. Who should be loyal to first, right? And this is a question which troubled me a lot when I was serving in my organization for many years. Mm. And I found that at each level this question has to be asked right? yeah, it's a very so, unsettling question it's very unsettling Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, but maybe we have to at least think about it otherwise we all end up going in different directions and collectively we all suffer Kevin talks passionately
0: about his newsletter an approach based on asking questions in a way that's not intimidating or challenging while still making an active inquiry
1: hi Kevin Welcome to Innocence Theory Podcast. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here and a little excited and I would say a little nervous because this is the first time I'm coming on a podcast. You have this newsletter called The Kind Questioner. So what, what's the idea? What, what is it? It's an outcome of my last, say, 10-15 years of my life where I went through a little bit of conflicting situations in my personal life. And also, I found the same thing happening with a very close friend of mine where we were caught up between taking sides with people and both people who we liked and and loved. But then it didn't work out because one person would then be angry out of the two. Then I moved on to finding, say, a middle ground. Again, there people didn't like it because it meant pointing a finger at a person who was doing something wrong. And in this manner, I finally found that the most effective method of maybe trying to tell a person that I also care for him or her. And at the same time, making them introspect on their actions, which have maybe hurt me or hurt someone else, is by using simple questions, but in a kind way. When, I'm, when I say kind, it basically means we go a little deeper into the emotions which are driving that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a, we're saying, okay, you've done something, but we, we, I, I want to understand what is it that made you do it. And I, I empathize with you. I understand that it's quite natural for you to have done that. right? Mm-hmm. So that's the short thing of it. I had this situation and my friend also had where we were caught up between our mothers and our wives. And I think this is a very common thing with a lot of men mm-hmm. in India and even abroad, I think, because somehow, you know, we both sides, want more of the man who's in between and mm-hmm. I wanted to be good to both of them, but I found that they clashed. And that's how this conflicting situation actually pushed me into finding a path uh, which uh, would make all of us happy. And that's how it happened. I found the same thing that I experienced and I was trying to overcome in my personal life also applies in our work lives, in our relationship with other people outside in the community. And I'm a bit, bit of an emotional person. I tend to get upset easily. And I realized it, it wasn't helping me. So so what's the technique? Let's Typically, if you've noticed what's happening in the papers or talk shows, it's accusing everyone else of doing something wrong. So for entertainment, etc., it's fine. But if a person is looking to resolve an issue... Mm-hmm. They're genuinely trying to resolve genuinely it. Genuinely trying to resolve it. Because he likes both sides. And he wants both sides to be come to a peaceful kind of understanding. What I have kind of grown to understand over many years is... You ask a person, okay, why... One way is to ask, to tell him, okay, you did something wrong. Why did you do it? Or you know, I'm not, why did you do it? Or you should not have done it because this is what the law says, or this is what ethics says, or this is what society says, and you did something wrong. So you stamped him with a kind of a, a judgment that he's a, a offender. Now, he's not going to take that well. And the deeper way, emotional way, kinder way is to ask him, okay, you did something, but... I'm sure you must have had a good reason for it. What was the emotion that was driving you? Mm-hmm. Because there are people who do things, sometimes in the spur of the moment, because of emotions which are not of their fault. right? Say his father sees his daughter being troubled. Obviously, he's going to go and try to protect her or try to push the person who's troubling her away. And sometimes he can overdo it. When we get into understanding those emotions which are driving him, then we can have a more empathetic view. Then the, the person who we are... Asking also, kind of uh, understands that yes, it, it was a time when an emotion took over him.
0: There is a level of judgment that you remove from the situation. To start with, you're being open to the possibility of that person being right. So how, how did you come to grow that characteristic?
1: Yeah, so you're right. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. And I wasn't this way back. But I would say the answer to this was... Partly because of my religious upbringing. I mean, being a Christian and a Catholic, I was told that Jesus said we must love the enemies, right? Or turn the other cheek, which, and I faithfully would try and think that that was the way to go. But then I realized that, no, it's not practical. It's It really doesn't help at all because the bullies bully you even more. And by simply ignoring a person's wrong actions, it, it doesn't really tell him that he's doing something wrong. And then you're not, in a way, you're not helping the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at all. So then I realized that I have to find something a little akin to that. And that's how I found that little bit of space hmm. in between. Where do you see it like work well? You might have been practicing this for quite some time now, right? But to be honest, it's it's a very difficult technique to apply. And even I find it difficult, even knowing that it's, it's probably a good way to do things. In fact, I can relate incidences in, my, in real life where I've actually seen she was my cousin cousin's sister. I mean, she's still my cousin sister. And she was around twelve, mm. her father was very angry with her elder brother because he wasn't studying well. But the father I think was going a little overboard. And then she comes out and very innocently asks her father with a this very shy smile on her face, Daddy, what is it that he's done to make you so angry? And I saw his face. It just melted mm. from a moment of anger and a fury, and became so calm and peaceful, and even loving. And I realized that, just imagine that little bit, that just one question put across in such a nice, sweet manner, made such a lovely change in in him.
0: What are the places where it kind of, this approach is a little shaky, or where you are not able to like
1: execute this well? It doesn't work all the time. If there's a person out there who is a bully, and also a very wily person, he's actually likely to take advantage of the situation mm-hmm. of the the kindness and try and just brush off these kind questions and not even introspect about it my understanding is like this even if let's say the person takes advantage right of this kind question and i found that once you then take a little harder stand right and try and pose questions which bring up the same aspect that you asked earlier, they can actually contradict themselves. Try and put the message across Mm -hmm. that though I've been kind in the beginning Mm -hmm. and I've asked kind questions, but then I'm not going to be, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to continue being kind. If if you're not making any attempt to introspect.
0: One uh, basic mindset that I see in this questioning is that you having to be open or curious about the situation to, to begin with. So how, how, how
1: do you approach that? That's actually a very good question. I grew up in our education system in India. And in, in India, even now, students are rewarded for knowing, getting 99% marks and knowing everything. And they feel that if a person asks me a question on my subjects, i got to know the answer, pat and perfect. And therefore, they are re- reluctant to accept that, they do not know something, or they not could be wrong. So that's what I read up somewhere is called intellectual humility, where you are willing to accept that okay, I don't know the whole thing hmm. because our education system drives us to perfection and trying to. It does prove. not incentivize for not knowing. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. That's one. Second thing is maybe it's also a little bit to do with the guru kind of a culture, where people feel that being a guru is a place of importance and therefore the guru has to know everything and people have to blindly follow him, which is a very good thing. I mean, if there's a person out there who's an expert in a subject, why not? He can be a guru. But when we attempt to be gurus, then we don't want to say that we don't know our subject, right? Uh, that, That would be like destroying the guru image. So these two factors actually tend to make people... Put across that, they know everything in that subject. So, when I read this article on intellectual humility, and mm-hmm. I realized how it really helps actually in solving problems because when the, there's a group of people sitting around, and one person says, Okay, I know this much, but I don't know this, right? Another person says, Okay, and I've seen it in some TV serials where even very senior and very experienced and knowledgeable people have agreed that, Okay, I don't know this, right? I know this much, but I and I realized that. It, it helps. And that, that's one. And when we become curious or we get a questioning kind of attitude, a kind questioning attitude, then the good thing is that you don't have to know that, that thing. But even being curious about it is good enough. Because when you're curious, then you start looking up to find answers, right? And then... Today, luckily, we've got the internet, we can immediately Google and and many things come up and pop up and and you get to know.
0: And how has this affected your, say, interpersonal relationship with people? Has there been a change?
1: So um, being curious and being kind and being interacting with people and asking them kind questions definitely has made a change for my life. Because I found that, especially when I was, I'm dealing with a large number of people for an event, I find that out of them, say out of 15, 20 of them, there were one or two who had very, very strong views and were kind of pulling apart in a different direction. I found the easiest way to deal with that is to simply ask kind questions. I just ask them, so why do you think that I would do such a thing? Or why do you think, why do you say that? I, I So, and it would have an effect. He would, the person would initially push, but then it would just melt away after that. And the other people in the group would realize that I'm trying to come from a kind place, right? So they supported me. And that's how I was able to actually pull it through. There were many places where I had taken certain decisions and people pointed out that no, it's not going to work or this is a wrong decision. But I forced myself to introspect. And I realized that if I've gone wrong in my understanding, it's okay, right? I mean, let me be kind to myself too. So it's like, why do I have to think that I have to be a perfect person who's organizing a perfect event, right? I could also be wrong in my judgment because if initially I didn't have the full picture, then it made sense for me to accept that I was wrong. And why don't we modify it? And, and there's no shame in saying that. There's no... Because I'm not a perfect human being myself. Yeah. We're all work in progress. <laughs> That's actually a lovely way of looking at it. We are actually all are a work in progress. And not only that, we, we are also, I would say, I would say victims, but products of our circumstances and we go through difficult times in our lives and, and we just gotta accept that we also will have our learnings along the way, we'll also find difficulties
0: So let's give it, let's take an example where someone asks me something personal like say why am I divorced or something like that and uh, I want to know why that person is asking that question so my natural inclination is to ask, why are you asking me that? Now, is
1: there a kinder way of doing that? When you just say, why do you ask? It comes across as interrogative as if you are kind of indicating that the other person has got kind of a modified intention. But when you ask that person, okay, firstly, be honest about it and say that I'm a little sensitive about this issue. but I know that you also understand it's sensitive, and since you're still asking me, it means that you're concerned about me in a, in a certain way, and uh, therefore, if you can help me understand what is it that you would want to know and how you would help me with that, I think it'll it'll make it easier for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a difficult situation, no doubt. Kind questions are generally. A mouthful also, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Actually, it can come across as being very Mm long-winded and people may get a little fed up. But then I think it's worth it because if you end up not hurting the other person's feelings, Mm -hmm. it's a good thing. Moving on to your newsletter. So what's with the newsletter? What are some of the topics that you cover? How do you go about it? Once I started getting into this curious and kind, questioning kind of attitude, I started looking around and I suddenly started finding so many other issues which are troubling us at all levels, at family levels, at society levels, at even the national level. Mm -hmm. And I found that these issues were troubling us and no one was talking about them or no one was even realizing them. And they they were like elephants in the room, which no one talked about. What would be an example? For example, there's the one which I wrote about Loyalty where I said, okay, it's fine to be loyal to your boss and your colleague, even your your subordinates. But when it comes to larger issues, is it possible to be loyal to everyone? Can we be loyal to our boss and the organization? Sometimes the boss takes us in a slightly different direction. So which who should be loyal to first, right? And this is a question which troubled me a lot when I was serving in my organization for many years. And I found that at each level, this question has to be asked. Should I be loyal to my boss first or my department? Should I be loyal to my department first or my organization? Should I be loyal to my organization first or to, the, or to society? <laughs> yeah, It's a very unsettling question. It's very unsettling. Yeah, And I asked a few people this question and they were pretty unsettled. But my aim was not to make them uncomfortable or unsettled. It was just to say that maybe we have to at least think about it. Because otherwise, we all end up going in different directions and collectively, we all suffer. And in that way, we can overcome so many sensitive issues, which otherwise just remain out of our sight and and keep getting worse and worse.
0: So what is the next skill that you're sharpening in this whole kind
1: questioning process? It's not a perfect art. It's not. I've not perfected it. And in fact, I don't even practice it sometimes because it requires tremendous amount of (laughs) self-control. Yeah, it does. (laughs) So now I've noticed of late that people are taking my kind questioning articles or my kind questions as patronizing. I'm talking down to them as if I am a superior human being and I'm giving them some kind of a, a way forward, which only I know and they try to retaliate and or kind of brush me off. So that's a challenge for me because how do I now not only make it kind and relate to the emotional level, but also make it non-patronizing, remove that patronizing element. That's a, that's a huge challenge for me. So I'm hoping maybe someday I'll, I'll learn how to do that. Or maybe someone else can learn how, I mean, come out with it. And I'll be quite happy because it's it's difficult, very difficult.
0: Kevin, this has been a very interesting and fascinating conversation. I have been a questioner, but I think adding this adjective kind to it will probably help me get out of a lot of trouble, I guess.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for getting me on the show because I needed someone to relate to who could understand what I was saying. To be honest, I don't get much response in my articles. So I sometimes have these self-doubts. Is this technique or this concept of mine something which is completely impractical or completely useless. But though I'm convinced today, where you've been able to understand the depth of this and I'm really happy it's happened. How can people subscribe to your newsletter? Yeah, so it's called The Kind Questioner. If anyone's on Substack, they can just kind of get onto substack.com and then just put it in the search bar, The Kind Questioner.
0: And that's it. Yeah, and we'll also share the link in the description.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Here is a piece from the next episode. My biggest learning was that I absolutely don't need to eat the amount of food that I was eating before. <laughs> I can do with much less. I'm just like regularly throwing things into my mouth unnecessarily. <laughs> right? That needs to stop. Uh, so far, it's been damn easy because, like, after you go through seven days of no eating, for you mm. to keep it on a low, it's not a big deal. We followed up on Tarun who lived on water for a week in our next episode of Innocence Theory.